The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM, Dave Ross, alongside Wes Reynolds. And Wes, we got a lot of good action going on right now across college football. Notre Dame making a move on Scotty right now, down 3 0. Uh, the Iron Skillet's been hot all day. TCU right now. Up seven on SMU. What other uh, scores and line changes have you seen? Yeah, that battle for the iron skill at TCU now minus nine and a half. Ooh. 86 and a half your total. It is 21 to 14 about 11 minutes ago in the first half. And also in the state of Texas, uh, Casey Thompson, three for three on touchdown drives Ooh. here. Uh, remember Hudson Card yep. was the starter for the Longhorns to start the season. This looks like this is Casey Thompson's job right now. 21 to 7 here, waiting for a price here at BetMGM 11 minutes ago in the second quarter. LSU 7 to 3, nine minutes left to go in the second quarter. Minus three and a half on the Tigers, 44 and a half on the total. Mizzou and BC, that's one of the early good games so far. Defense optional in Chestnut Hill. 14 to 14, Mizzou minus two and a half, 70 and a half your current total. And then Boise State, 10 nothing over Utah State, Boise State minus 14 and a half, 64 and a half the current in game total. And I bring up that total because this was 70. Oh, it's this went down. from 63 and a half yep. to 70 pre flop as Boise State looks like they actually have an interception here at the goal line. So they're going to wow. turn Utah State away. Again, I, I always get them confused. Like you got Texas for Hookem, right? Hawaii. Is this the shock sign? Yeah, right, and then don't turn your back on the Wolfpack. There's a lot of interchangeable parts there. Uh, let's speak about the Wolfpack again. We've talked a little bit about it with Michael Felder, and you and I hit it hit it uh, at the top of the very show here today as they get ready to kick off uh, Land Ten at NC State. 
I, I get the feeling that this is, as you say, a buy low spot for Clemson, right? Mm-hmm. Because you look at this game in the summertime, you're probably thinking you got to lay 16, 17, right? Somewhere in that vicinity. So only laying 10 and a half here at BetMGM. Is this a get right spot finally for the Tigers? I think it very well could be because look, Clemson's defense is still, I think, very elite. Uh, you look at, at the offense, obviously, they are down so far this season, but and they're 0-3 against the number, by mm. the way, so that's why I think that you're getting this low line, plus the fact four touchdown favorites against Georgia Tech didn't even sniff no. that necessarily. But reminder, there was a weather delay down there, so that throws the timing mm-hmm. off. So Clemson was able to escape. I never felt, even though Georgia Tech had the ball at the end, like Clemson was threatened to lose the game. They just couldn't get away. But look, they're they're starting to stop teams. So I think eventually the offense maybe could get right. To Michael Felder's point, our guest in the first hour, he talked about the fact that, look, the offensive line is down, and it's absolutely oh, down. I talked about replacing Lawrence and replacing ATN, the offensive, offensive line. line. absolutely. But, but that defense is still very well stacked, and I think they can shut teams down. You look at NC State, they are 2-1, and one, but they're 2-1 and one against weaker competition. They, they When they had to step up against Mississippi State, they lost. Uh, and look, the market came in on NC State, thought I think Clemson minus 12 was a little high. It got down to as low as 9.5 and, and now 10. But now we're seeing 10.5 here on game day just a few hours before kickoff. Uh, reminder that NC State also, they're down two defensive starters. They lost their top linebacker, Wilson, who's really the top player on that whole defense. So... Yeah, I do think that this is, I'm willing to lay it with Clemson here. I'm willing to mess around and find out here if, in fact, they have fallen off. Because I think maybe we're burying these guys too early. That that doesn't mean I don't think that they're not down. Sure. And I don't agree with that assessment. Because, look, you have nowhere to go, really, but down, uh, when, based on what you've achieved over the last several years. But I don't think... I don't think the ACC is good enough to make this team like a 9-3 and three team. So I still think that they are very much going to be favored in every single game for the duration of the schedule, including today. I'm willing to lay 10 with the Tigers. All right, let's talk about Louisville a little bit, uh, laying 2.5 against Florida State. And again, this is uh, if, if you're Matt Norvell and company here for Florida State, at some point you got to figure out, after week one, even in a loss, everybody was back on the hype train, right? Florida State's back. Pushed Notre mm-hmm. Dame. They came back down 18 in the third quarter. And then all of a sudden, it's been an unmitigated disaster since the Notre Dame game in a game they lost. And now they're catching two and a half at home. If Norvell can't get this done, and I think you made a good point earlier in the show about Malik Cunningham for Louisville. If you watched him week one against Ole Miss, you went, whoa, they look terrible, right? And then he's looked a lot better uh, since then. Now it's down to one here at BetMGM. So that money coming in on Florida State I'm a little surprised by that because I go, what have you seen to say, all right, I'm going to put my hard-earned dollar down on Florida State? Yeah, and and one of the reasons I think you're seeing that money is because we saw at the end of the UCF game, Cunningham, the quarterback for Louisville, Malik Cunningham, was limping a little bit at that game. And and, and I've seen him in a couple games this year, the game against UCF last Friday night and also the uh, opener against Ole Miss. This guy runs the ball a lot and takes it and runs, so he takes a lot of punishment. So I don't know if he's in 100% health right now. So that's, I think, part of the reason. Also, the fact you get Louisville kind of off that big win, and that was a big game for Louisville, especially no for Scott Satterfield, because he had gotten sideways with some of the fan base down there flirting with some SEC jobs. <laughs> uh, agent might have been We're not a his, stepping stone. Yeah, agent right. might have been putting his name out there. So he needed to beat a significant team, which I think he did in UCF in that one to maybe get some of the natives back on his side a little bit. But 
Now going to Florida State and just seeing what this line was at two and a half, now down to one and mm. a half, one. It was just a very weak favorite on the road against a Florida State team, to your point. You know, and that's the trick in handicapping this. You can't just necessarily go on what you see. Right. You've got to go on what you think you might see, too, and you've got to be anticipatory. You can't always be reactionary because if you're being reactionary, I think in sports betting, you're losing yes. long term. So you've got to be anticipatory, and sometimes you've got to put something out there that might be a little bit of an unconventional opinion. The unconventional opinion is that Florida State can win a game right now, but they're going to probably be an underdog in every single game the rest of the season, except when they play Syracuse, who did get a win last night against right. Liberty, uh, and and UMass. Uh, so they're going to be favored over those teams, but they're probably going to be an underdog against most of their ACC opponents. So can Mike Norvell get his kids to stay with the season? Because they're 0-3. The momentum would say, okay, they're heading for a losing season, but maybe this is the last stand here for the Florida State Seminoles. And uh, Osceola and the, and the entire company can kind of go ahead and rally this bunch. Uh, I just I don't really trust Louisville here as a road favorite off that big win. So I'm on Florida State. This is very much a hold-your-nose play for me, but I'm going to go ahead and take the boys from Tallahassee. I think it's a great point, though, about the, the, the mentality of sports betting. And, like, if you, you back Clemson yeah. the first three weeks, you're like, oh, I'm not going to back them again. Yeah. Well, you're probably, you're probably getting the best value right mm-hmm. now in this NC State game. Yeah, it's all about timing. You don't want to necessarily bet what you saw last. And that's what most, like, new sports bettors that's right. to the market, that's certainly well, what I'm I I'm not going to bet Clemson that's again. That's certainly what I did when I started out, mm-hmm. where it's like you bet in terms of what you saw. You know, because that's all that you have. That's the stat you have to go on. So you're going to bet necessarily what you saw last, but I don't think that that's the way to really go, especially in college football. Let's look at Iowa, because right now, if you've been watching the Hawkeyes, boy, they've been playing some pretty good football, right? And they're going to lay a big number today uh, at home against Colorado State. And if you've been watching Colorado State, not a whole lot there to like. So you got to lay a huge number, 23 and a half at home. Again, you feel like, they're going to win this game relatively easily, but mm-hmm. easily enough to cover this number? Yeah, and at 24, I do kind of lean to Colorado State here, but this is one I played last week, and I got the best end of it in terms of the pocket, but in terms of where I gave the number out, did not, because I did take 23.5 with Kent State against Iowa. They got there by the hook, but I gave it out at 22.5, too, on the air, and of course, Iowa gets a touchdown late, Barely gets by the number. But that's why it's so important, Wes, to your point of when you get that number, right? So you got the good number and you win. Then all of a sudden it gets bet down mm-hmm. and those people get got the 22 and a half, they get the bad number. That's why it's so important during the week if you really like a team yeah. to project where you think the number is going to go. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, and look, Iowa, they're pedestrian offensively. They, they certainly have been, but they've got one of the best defenses in the country and the turnover margin obviously very good they never really got ahead of the number against Kent State last week until the very end depending on where you got it so I was waiting to see if 24 emerges and I think you're starting to see some and I would lean to Colorado State Colorado State by the way everybody was against them last week I think they were like 14 14 and a half point underdogs to Toledo and they go into the uh, the rubber the uh, the uh, what's it called the glass bowl the glass there bowl. in Toledo. I was going to say the rubber bowl. That's Akron. So the glass bowl. The glass bowl, and they go in there and get a win. Uh, Iowa, by the way, this year three and O ATS. They've been covering by a little less than two touchdowns a game. Had 418 yards last week, but offensively they have not been pretty. They stopped the run. They forced turnovers. 
Colorado State really got the running game going last week, though. 209-21 to edge over Toledo in terms of the rushing game. So number probably is right. I would lean a little bit to 24, but boy, it seems right. By the way, Iowa 3-0 and to the under this year. And 3-0 and ATS. So again, probably to your point here, you're getting Iowa. It's a little bit inflated right now. So again, if that thing moves to 24, maybe it is a buyback spot there to look at and say, all right, Colorado State getting that, that best number, 24, might be the way to go, but I'm with you. It feels like right now, Iowa, because they played so well, and people have watched that, maybe this number is a little bit too big. Uh, very quickly here, we talked a lot about AM against Arkansas. That one uh, getting ready to kick as well. I like the Hogs today at Jerry World, uh, catching four here, Bet MGM. Again, this line move has come down, and you're seeing the Arkansas money come in. So if you are a buyback believer here for AM, this is the best number you've probably seen all week. Yeah, and this might be one I might not get involved with before kick, but I would maybe look at A&M perhaps in the end game. Now, Arkansas impressed me last week because they got me on one. That was a huge flat spot, and they absolutely smacked right. around Georgia Southern, which is an option team, not easy to prepare, just on a one-week time. A&M, I think, has a top-five defense in the country, and that's why you're seeing this total at 47, which is a pretty low total for these two teams. Uh, so, you know... A&M, I, you know, when I was doing score projections, I thought maybe A&M by seven seems right. So not a lot of value for me. I understand the move on Arkansas, though, because they are very much improved and can run the ball and control the clock. So this one I'm going to stay out of maybe until an end game spot. Very quickly, uh, Notre Dame has tied up the game and now gotten a turnover against Wisconsin. 3-3 about seven minutes ago in the first half there. Your first half under looking pretty darn good as well. When we come back, it's a big day in the Big 12. We're going to have Chris Plank join us from Sooner Radio Network to break it all down when you come back with us right here on Decent. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money, and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VSIN.com data and analysis. You get everything VSIN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VSIN.com slash subscribe back here betting across america dave ross alongside west reynolds and west what have you observed my friend i'm observing uh texas giving texas tech Whoa. quite the butt whooping down there in austin worthy a 23 yard touchdown reception we talked about casey thompson mm-hmm. he looks like he has the stranglehold on this job right now because the extra point pending here texas longhorns 34 to 7 505 left to go in the first half texas is still in the big 12 as of today they are. Okay, because I never know anymore. It just feels like everybody's leaving conferences, and it's just craziness. So let's talk some more uh, Big 12 football. Let's bring in Chris Plank at The Plank Show on Twitter. Of course, covers the Sooners for Sooner Radio Network. Chris, great to have you on the program. Let's start off with OU here in this discussion tonight against West Virginia, because I know, West, you like West Virginia in this one. No, Oklahoma. Oh, you like Oklahoma, rather, uh, laying a 17 on this one. Chris, is there any danger here? Because we're waiting for that offense to show itself again, it did not show itself against Nebraska. So it feels like a big number, but but to Wes's point, maybe this is a get-right spot. Yeah, you know, maybe it's a get-right spot for them because it's a team they've had some success against, and I really appreciate you guys having me on. And then, you know, the second part of it is this, this script is very similar to last year. You know, outside of the fact that at this point last year, they were one and two. So, you know, Spencer kind of struggled early on, uh, he didn't really take off until about the fourth game of the season in the second half against Texas. And honestly, you know, he wasn't overly consistent last year. So um, I, I don't think that, listen, Sooner Nation is panicking, man. Go to a message board right now and inspire everyone <laughs> and teach mm-hmm. everyone. But I, I don't think I, I'm, I'm kind of with Wes on this one. I'm not, I'm not too worried. I like West Virginia a lot. They, they tend to turn the ball over quite a bit. And I think 
you know, it's wild to say the Sooner defense is its strength right now, but you know, I'm not ready to panic and, and punt on, on Rattler or the Sooners right now because of some of their early offensive struggles. I think they'll be okay. And, Chris, that's why I like Oklahoma because everybody is so lukewarm on them. And when you get a big team that's right. a favorite like this, that's a favorite pretty much every week, and everybody kind of gets a little skittish on them, that's when I want to back them. I don't want to back them at their market mm-hmm. strength necessarily. So I think you've seen a little bit of weakness in terms of the fact that they haven't been able to cover against Tulane. They couldn't get away from Nebraska. But let me ask you specifically about the offense, Chris. Uh, sure. First time in Lincoln Riley's career there in Norman that they didn't get over 28 points, only 23 against Nebraska. Aberration or really some things that you see that they need to work out here? Well, first, it was a weird game, you know, and, and not I, – I can be, Wes, you know, you guys have talked to me enough. I can be excusinator 5,000, right, for the Oklahoma <laughs> Sooners when it comes down to it. So when I come on with you guys, I take a moment where I step out of my crimson and cream, and I think, okay, let, let's look at this from a, a realistic perspective. Number one, there were only eight offensive possessions in that game for Oklahoma. Nebraska did a really good job of shortening the game and limiting the opportunities for the Sooner offense. So give as, as much criticism as Scott Frost has taken in his time at Nebraska Give them some credit. I thought they did a good job with that. But when Oklahoma <laughs> had those opportunities, they did not take advantage of them. Um, you know, there, there were some missed throws by Spencer Rattler. There were some mistakes that he made. So he has got to get better. He's, he's, and you know what? It's funny because some people might say, well, you know, there, there's, he threw a couple interceptions against Tulane, and he hasn't since. A, a part of my problem there, I want to see him take more chances. You know, he talks about taking what the defense has given him. I wouldn't mind seeing him take a few more chances down the field. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's cause for concern yet. I think you tip your cap to um, you tip your cap to Nebraska, and you realize that in Tulane, I mean, they were rolling. They were up three scores and half, and then the bottom fell out. So, if they can get back to what they what they did for a majority of that game against Nebraska, turn the running game, pound away. Uh, and take advantage of what the defense has given you, I think they've got a chance to bounce back in a big way. I, I'm not panicking too much, but if you have me on next week and they've only put <laughs> like 28 on, on West Virginia, then it might be a completely different conversation. Talking with Chris Prank, of course, uh, Sooner Radio Network. And Chris, to that end, if I'm picking up what you and Wes are putting down, then maybe if mm-hmm. the offense does explode again, because the Heisman race feels like it's really up in the air, can Spencer Rattler get back into that mainstream conversation? Is there value right now at backing Rattler and Woe? Do they have enough games on the schedule that say, yeah, we can showcase him. Lincoln Riley is going to figure out this offense. Is there value there for Rattler? Yes. Yes, I absolutely think so. Uh, Because right now, I don't know who's good in college football. I don't. I think Alabama's good, and they looked, you know, going on the road and beating Florida last week. Was impressive, but Miami has proved to kind of be a dunk right now, right? They're, they should be winless. I think Oregon's good, uh, and, but if Arizona plays them close today, it might be a completely different mindset. But I, I, I think that there is a chance that anyone could pop back up out of nowhere, and Rattler is a no-name in a system that has provided Heisman moments. So to me, to me, he's a big game away from being right back in the middle of that conversation. So what, what is that, 16 to 1 right now? So I think it's 16 to 1. I think that's a really, really good spot to, potenti- to potentially get Spencer Rattler right now. I, th- I think that's a big-time potential get. 
Jack Cohn to Kevin Austin here in Chicago. Notre Dame going to take the lead on the Badgers. I think they're reviewing it. This may be ruled incomplete, but as of now, 9-3, to Notre Dame will catch the update on review here in a moment. But, Chris, let's stay in the Big 12 here. Interesting game, I think, here in the midday slate. Iowa State and Baylor. Iowa State, obviously, has already lost the Cyhawk game again to the Iowa Hawkeyes, but they were kind of seen as the team in the Big 12 that maybe could be the best challenge to Oklahoma. They're lane seven at Baylor. Baylor has played down competition, but based on what you've seen out of Baylor, are they legitimately for real, or is this too big a step up in class for them? I think it's too big of a step up, but I don't think it's a – this has been – it's funny. I'm watching Texas, Texas Tech like many are or were before Texas blew them out, <laughs> and we didn't know what kind of a game to expect, right? Um, so from, from my perspective, I didn't know what to expect from this, this matchup today with Texas and Texas Tech, if it was going to be a low-scoring game, if it was going to be a rock fight, if it was going to be a, an offensive battle, and it's 35-7 to 7 right now, almost at halftime in favor of Texas. I don't know what to make of this Baylor-Iowa State matchup except this. I, I don't think we've learned anything about Baylor yet. I know they're 3-0, and and I know that they're you know seven-point underdogs at home, but I think we've known that they're going to play in close games this year. Um, I don't know if, if Jerry Bohannon is the guy. I don't know how Graves' offense is working so far, but I know they're going to play tight games this year. So if I'm looking at it where the line is right now and it's seven, I'm probably going to take Baylor all day long. But, you know, I, I think this is a potential narrative-changing game, right? If Iowa State wins, suddenly you look up, you're like, hey, they're going to be okay. Uh, if Baylor wins, suddenly you change their whole mindset of Baylor of, oh, my gosh, are they in this thing to win it? Chris, uh, very quickly, Texas Tech just just got on the board there, so it's 35-14. They try to close uh, edge closer to Texas, and Notre Dame, that touchdown did stand 10-3 to mm-hmm. Notre Dame. Chris, one of the games I can't really figure out in the Big 12 today, maybe you can help me out, is K-State against Oklahoma State here, Mike Gundy's crew uh, at Oklahoma State, and uh, the Cowboys laying six in this one. If you look at K-State early, they look great. You know, don't look so good, then they got a backup quarterback. You think they're done. What do you make of this matchup here, and which way would you lean? Tough, man. Um, Kansas State only threw 10 passes last week for their starting quarterback and rolled over Nevada. Um, they ran all over uh, the Nevada Wolfpack last week. But this isn't Nevada. This is Oklahoma State. This is a good defensive football team. So so I think I, I think it's going to be a fun game. I think Oklahoma State's going to win it. I think Deuce Vaughn's going to run for a bunch of yards. But I think Will Howard's going to turn the ball over. Guys, one, one number in this, or at least storyline in this, fascinates me is that Will Howard hasn't been in a hostile environment yet where 100% of the fans are against him. Mm. That's what he's in tonight. That's what he's in tonight. That's what he's expecting. I think you're going to see uh, an Oklahoma State W tonight, and I think it's going to be a fun game. And Kansas State has been taking the early money all week. They've kind of been, and that's what you worry about a little bit, too, with college football betting, when you get that trendy underdog. And I wonder if the guys from Manhattan kind of fall into that right now in Oklahoma State, who kind of got lucky, people will say, against Boise State, that turnover that got overruled for Boise, and then Boise missed that field goal. But nevertheless, this could be by low in Oklahoma State. I'm feeling what Chris is saying. And, and one, yeah. one more, Chris. Yeah, yeah, one more to get to here. We have the final moments here with Chris Frank. Let's talk about Kansas and Duke. Tell me a way that I could back Kansas financially. And again, got to lay about 16 here for the Dukies at home. Is there any shot that you would play Kansas today? Um, you, listen, you guys are the smart ones, not me. <laughs> so I, I, I usually live by one philosophy, philosophy. When it comes to the gridiron, 
I'm staying as far away from the Kansas Jayhawks as I possibly can. Now, if we're talking hardwood, I'll have the conversation with you. But they've got a good quarterback. They, they've got a good coach. I think it's a matter of time. But, yeah, um, I, I would steer as far clear as Kansas as I could all season long. All Preston. season long. I like being a lot of quarterback, but I just steer clear all season long. That's me. That is great advice from Chris Plank. I'm with you on that. <laughs> hey, Chris, uh, have a great call today. Thanks for joining us here uh, on Betting Across America. We'll catch up again soon. All right, sounds good, man. Thanks, guys. All right, much more to get yeah, to. you can't back KU until can't. late night at the Fog. When we come back, we talk to Heisman odds. I'm going to give you a couple quarterbacks at 18-1 to 1 and see if you like any of the value and if there's still any value left when you come back with us right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. VEASAN is now available 24-7 on the YouTube TV Sports Plus package. Sign up today at tv.youtube.com to start your free trial. And remember, you can watch also 24-7 on Fubo TV, Sling, and Xfinity X1. Visit VEASAN.com to find all the ways to watch and listen to VEASAN. Back here, betting across America, Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. We've got some games uh, going to the half as we get closer and closer here. Uh, Notre Dame still up 10-3. to 3 right now um but there are some games that have gone to, to have west have you seen any adjusted live lines yeah today? and we are uh, one in the sec lsu and mississippi state lsu seven the three by the way very low scoring first half pick them for the second half minus a dollar 20 for mississippi state 26 and a half your total georgia and vanderbilt by the way just in the final 20 seconds still 35 nothing no scoring here wow. in the second quarter for go. the bulldogs but they are driving here Stetson Bennett is in the game, so it looks like JT Daniels is going to be watching the remainder of this game from Tootsie's down there in Athens, <laughs> and maybe not even on the sidelines because Georgia is absolutely taking care of Vanderbilt. Missouri-Boston College has now just gone to the half, 17 apiece. A very good game up there in Chestnut Hill. BC did close the favorite after being dog all week. FCS versus FBS, we talked about Penn State earlier. 17-3 to for Penn State. Minus 12 for the second half, 22 the total. Maybe kind of a, a little bit of a letdown spot for the Nittany Lions, perhaps, off that Auburn game. And then they're in the midst of this homestand, basically. They're going to get Indiana mm. next week in a revenge game. So kind of a, a little bit of a slow start, I guess, for Penn State, but still up 17-3. to three. And by the way, 10-3, to three, four minutes left to go in the first half. Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Notre Dame minus three and a half. 36 and a half the current in-game total and we're about to go to half in Austin if Texas can get another score here they're certainly starting to get in territory 35 to 14 20 seconds left to go Longhorns might not be done though uh, I'm really surprised by a couple of things I just saw they're, they're going to go to half between uh for the iron skillet with uh, SMU and TCU they are going to the half tied up at 21 now they had fourth and goal inside the five SMU with three seconds to go they eschewed the field goal, decided mm -hmm. to go for it, didn't get it. So, again, not at the half. And the origins of the Iron Skillet, I didn't know this way. It goes back to the 1940s. An SMU fan was seen frying frog legs in an Iron Skillet at the tailgate. So a TCU fan saw this, wagered the SMU fan that whoever wins the game gets that Iron Skillet. Mm -hmm. SMU won the game. They kept the skillet. And that very skillet lives on today. Wow. That skillet. At the tailgate. I don't know if they've changed the skillet. I'm assuming since the 40s. Maybe it's not the exact one. I hope it's the same one. There's no way I'm eating out of that. Yeah, and last play here. We'll see if this was a touchdown or an interception. I believe it was a pick here. 
21 apiece now, SMU and TCU, the battle of Fort Worth and Dallas. Why don't you kick the field goal? I, I just, I, I, it's fourth and goal from the three. It's a chippy. It's an mm-hmm. extra point. You take the lead at the half if you're SMU you're trying to get this damn well, iron skillet. Well, with the way these defenses are playing, field goals might not do you very much good in this <sighs> game, though. Let's talk a little bit more as I get off the soapbox there. Uh, we talked uh, with Chris Plank and, and really about Oklahoma and Spencer Rattler, whether or not he can get back in this Heisman race. Right now, he's 18-1, to 1, and this feels like a good spot for value. But I'm going to give you another quarterback that's not playing today, and that's C.J. Stroud for Ohio State. He's out of action today, also at 18-1. to 1. So is the value play here? Remember, Stroud was one of the early favorites potentially to win the Heisman Trophy. Okay, and you look at the numbers. They have not, I'd say, awed you just as of yet. Mm-hmm. We know their schedule. We know with the, the caliber of play that Ohio State's going to have in the Big Ten – that they're going to have the opportunities to get some showcase games for him. But sitting out today, does that hurt the odds here for you in the eyes of an 18-to-1 batter? It'll be a small drift. I don't think, you know, it might be 20-to-1 next week or something, but I don't think all of a sudden you're going to see him missing a week this week, Uh, essentially with a bye week, because they're playing, they are playing today, they're playing Akron, but probably not going to be playing for much of that game. I think Ohio State is somewhere in the high 40s now. I saw like 31 for the first half. So this could be one of those things where it's like, okay, we play him for a half and then we don't win. Then, then we don't play him, risk any injury for the bulk of our Big Ten schedule. So look, Stroud, it's one of those things too where how much credit is Stroud going to get for their success? Because Ohio State is absolutely loaded at wide receiver. Right. Chris Olavi and Garrett Wilson are both likely to be first round picks. So it's like, oh, well, they just reload. But but yet Alabama, Bryce Young gets the benefit of the doubt. But look, they're still undefeated. So it's oftentimes a team award that goes to the best individual player or at least the more high-profile offensive player on that team. So that's why you see Bryce Young still up there with Matt Corral in terms of the short favorites, 2-1, to 3-1, to one, kind of in the range we've seen. So I don't think C.J. Stroud will drift that much. I still think the opportunity is there, but I'll go back to what Chris Plank says. I think the value guy right now is Spencer Rattler mm-hmm. because I think what you've seen with that Lincoln Riley offense is that can get go and going in a hurry and they can put up points. I think maybe tonight could be the start of something big for this Oklahoma team. And, you know, those numbers are inflated, by the way, with Rattler because of that game against Western Carolina where they won 76 to nothing. If you take out that game, he's two to two in terms of his TD to interception ratio. So, look, I think Rattler, if I was going down the board, that would be where I would look because I think Oklahoma is still a college football playoff contender and still has a chance to run the table. Now, they need to look better. And like Chris Plank was saying from Sooner Radio Network, Spencer Rattler's got to step it up here a little bit. And I think maybe this could be the spot tonight where he does. You know, Texas is up 41-14 on Texas Tech uh, seconds to go before half. It feels like the Red River rivalry might be that game for Spencer Rattler to say, okay, yeah, you, you should at 18-1 to right now back me. If he can do something and light up that Texas defense in a showcase game. Mm-hmm. You need a showcase game in order to win that Heisman Trophy. And, yeah, and you're saying light up that Texas defense. Uh, you're going to have to keep pace with that offense, yeah. apparently, 42-14. to 14. Which, which would be a good opportunity for Rattler in that offense because yeah. Texas is going to score points in that game. It just feels like early on, that's the opportunity in October to mm-hmm. say, all right, don't forget about me here, 18-1, to 1, because it just feels like, to your point about Corral and even Bryce Young to an extent, October 9th, that's when Spencer Rattler mm-hmm. really gets back into this Heisman the, watch the Red me. River, The Red River rivalry right. down there at the Cotton Bowl. That is going to be a showcase game. And then they go to Kansas State. 
next week, by the way, which has been kind of a house of horrors it for has the been. Sooners. They've been upset there a couple times in recent years. Well, that's why they can't have another offensive slip-up. Yeah. Right? It has to start today against West Virginia, and that's why I think you and Chris both like them today playing that 17. But if you're Spencer Rattler and we're talking the Heisman watch here, you really feel like you got to put up a number today. That gets the blood flowing mm-hmm. a little bit. And then that Texas game is the game. That's the one that you're going to look at October 9th and say, all right, now I'm in it. And then you got TCU. We'll find out if that game is tough, but you should roll over Kansas. Should put up huge numbers against Texas Tech, mm-hmm. as Texas is doing today, as, as well against Baylor. And then really, I look at the rest of the schedule, yeah. and I go, boy, this is, it feels like it's a good opportunity to back Rattler right that now. That schedule after oh, Kansas boy. State and Texas, Very and we don't want to look past West Virginia tonight, no. but... You, all of a sudden, you see a lot of wins there until you get Iowa State in November that, you know, Oklahoma can really pile up the stats and the numbers. So, look, he needs a showcase game, though, against yes. a good team, and I think that game will be against Texas. Texas, by the way, leads 42-14 to 14 over Texas Tech. Sark. Nine seconds left to go in the first quarter. We say Sark after dark. Well, Sark in the daylight doing pretty <laughs> darn well at this offense. This is going to go well over the total of 31 in the first half. Texas gets that by himself and My closes goodness. as five-and-a-half-point favorite. Casey Thompson, 12-16, 184, two touchdowns through the air and also one on the ground. Yeah, then, again, that's where you, you have to look at opportunity for the individual with their teams. That's why we lay out those schedules for you. And I do think it's favorable for Oklahoma going forward if they start to be who we think they are tonight. And again, Nebraska last week, they, they took a step back. I think people thought Rattler and the offense would get it going a week ago. They didn't. So if it starts to trend to the direction we think, mm-hmm. eighteen to one, my goodness, I would hop on that now because Matt Corral at plus two ten, yeah, or, or Bryce Young, yeah, uh, to me, no, 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 no value there. That's the best value I see at a realistic spot to still win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, I would absolutely, certainly agree with that, and obviously he can get off to a good start if he does that tonight. Uh, a real quick score update that okay. I do got to get in, and I know we haven't touched on this. This is the upset of the day, at least so far, when Whoa. it's a 31-point underdog winning at the half, closed at 30-and-a-half. By the way, Bowling Green, 7-3. The boat is being sunk what? in Minneapolis after Minnesota holds Colorado to less than 100 yards Zippo. of offense, 31 to nothing, an impressive performance by that defense. It is the Bowling Green Falcons, 7-3 up in Minneapolis, Minnesota for the second half, minus 13-and-a-half, 24-and-a-half on the total, so... BG easily covered. That was one I played for the first half plus 19 and a half. See if they stay within that 31. Look, we saw UNLV last night. Very close with Fresno State and only lost by eight. Now, obviously, when you got a big favorite down, they're going to come in live. So I expect you're going to see a lot of Minnesota money for the second half. Very quickly here, uh, Notre Dame, they're they're getting closer and closer to halftime. Still up 10 to three. And that live uh, number right now has jumped up Notre Dame minus four and a half. We'll see if that stays there or what happens at the halftime as they adjust that line the over now 34 and a half you are you were right on with that underplay all week even with it coming down you got the best value at it and also first half under and again about 27 seconds to go you're going to cash that ticket yeah absolutely so it's 10 to 3 here and it's going to be Wisconsin punting so you would expect unless Notre Dame gets a big return here that they're going to pretty much kneel it out and be happy with the 10-3 to lead is almost a touchdown underdog so you're on the right track as of now. So far, so good. When we come back, Yogi Roth is going to join us talking Pac-12 football. He's on the call tonight for UCLA and the Fighting Chip Kellys. We'll break it all down when you come back with us right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Discover what winning feels like at BetMGM. It's the best time to sign up because they're giving new customers a shot at an easy $100. 
Register using the code VISA100 and win 100 bucks in free bets when you place a $1 money line wager on any team and either team simply scores a touchdown. No matter what your gridiron game, BetMGM is always ready for all the action. Enjoy parlay selection builders, daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the code VISA100 to win $100 when one team scores. That's all it takes, and you win $100. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, new customer offer, paid and free bets. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here. It is Betting Across America. And really an intriguing game today is UCLA, the Fighting Chip Kellys, on the road at Stanford. It's a pleasure to have Yogi Roth join us now. You can follow Yogi at Yogi Roth. Uh, it does great work with the Pac-12 uh, network. Uh, Yogi, let's talk about this game in specifics that you're calling tonight because, again, you know, you look at Stanford early, they look terrible, then all of a sudden David Shaw and company, they fight back. Chip Kelly looks great early, then they have the disappointing comeback loss here. What do you make of this matchup? Because, again, it feels like a lot to give on the road four and a half for UCLA tonight. Yeah, I think it's the best game of the day out west and one of the best games in the country. And, and when you look at scheme, it probably is the best matchup between the brain of Chip Kelly and the brain of David Shaw. Uh, lots to talk about in the ball game. I think if I had to narrow it down to, to things I'm looking forward to seeing, um, number one, Stanford only really has one healthy scholarship running back for this ball game, and they've never given a back more than I think seven carries this season in a game. So Nathaniel Pete will be extremely fresh. And what will it be like to just give a guy 20-plus carries for Stanford's offense? I think I'm really intrigued with that. Uh, and then watching Tanner McKee deal on the offensive side. UCLA obviously gave up a lot of yards last weekend to Jake Hayner in Fresno State. I called that game. How does UCLA adjust? Did Stanford attack him in the past game like they did last year with Simi Fajoko? And then on the flip side, you know, can UCLA run the football? You know, Stanford running run defense hasn't been perfect all season. So I, I say that because I think we're going to have a real high-scoring game. I think it's going to be back and forth. I, I think it's going to be an absolute blast. And I think they might have a sellout here in Stanford as well, because uh, first game back for students, first game in over 660 days on the farm with people in the stands. So a lot of, lot of excitement here in, in Stanford. And to Yogi's point, Dave, Stanford did play their last four games on the road in 2020 due to the COVID-19 mm-hmm. scheduling and obviously the regulations there locally in Palo Alto. First three on the road this year, now finally getting a home game. And Yogi talked about he was on the call with Ted Robinson, that Fresno State-UCLA game, Jake Hayner just being put together with duct tape and (laughs) able to lead that comeback over UCLA. So I'm interested to see how UCLA is going to rebound because I think this offense has been better. they finally gotten the running game going. Justin Fry, the offensive coordinator for Chip Kelly, former offensive lineman at Indiana University, former classmate of mine, by the way. And look, offensive line coordinators love to run the ball. So (laughs) that's what you're seeing with UCLA. But I want to get to Yogi on this one because we do have some news that broke about an hour ago. Jane Delora not going to go for Washington State at quarterback today. So maybe it's going to be mm. Jared Garantano or or uh, their their third stringer. I think it's uh, I think his name's Cameron Cooper, and that's who might go for Washington State. But Utah had some quarterback changes this week too. Charlie Brewer leaves the program. So Yogi, just your general assessment of these two teams because. What we've seen out of Utah, it's one thing for them to lose, but Cal Whittingham has pointed out they've gotten out physical. Like, they've gotten beat at the line of scrimmage, and the Utah Utes under Whittingham don't get beat up front. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Utah has been, probably for for most of us around the country that that pay attention to the Pac-12, you know, perplexing 
among all the teams out here uh, because of what you said, the identity of them, especially on the offensive line, has been a challenge. Now, part of that is they've played a lot of different guys in the O-line. They feel coming into this game, they have their best five up there, which I think is even critical. They think they have their quarterback in Cam Rising with what he did last weekend and, you know, a comeback that, you know, dropped two-point play, and who knows, maybe, maybe they get the win against San Diego State down at Carson. Uh, so, so there's a lot of excitement there. Obviously, it's going to be a big crowd, a home game, et cetera. I think for Utah, they just can't have unforced errors. Too many times putting the ball on the ground, uh, too many times, you know, free rushers in the backfield. Defensively, they lost uh, one of their best defensive linemen, Yana Maala. Uh, it's really just a terrible injury a week ago. Uh, so, so that's going to hurt them a little bit up front. But for Washington State, to your point, uh, if Jarek Martano, if he's the guy, I, I'm a big fan of him. I mean, this is a guy who won the job in camp, who played until the second quarter of week one where he got injured. Uh, can he operate this offense? If it's not him, Camp Cooper is a lefty out of the state of Utah. When he came out, he was the all-time leading passer in the state of Utah in high school football at the time. And I projected him to break all the records at Wazoo coming out of high school. So it shows what I really know. Uh, but but he can deal, and he can pass. And now he's a veteran in the scheme. So it's it's going to be enjoyable to watch. I know that one's on the Pac-12 networks at 1130 Pacific here. So so that's what I, I could see going either way uh, for, for both of these teams. I'm talking with Yogi Roth, of course, does great work with the Pac-12 network, going to be on that UCLA-Stanford call tonight. I want to pick your brain a little bit about USC here, Yogi, because, again, once Clay Helton, uh, he gets fired, they fall down 14 nothing last week. At Washington State, and then all, they just flip the script, right? And then USC just rolls Keaton Slovis. They get the offense going here, and they get a big win, easily cover the number. Now they're laying 11 against Oregon State tonight. When I look at SC going forward, do you feel like the weight is off of them? And I know you used to be on Pete Carroll's staff back in the day. Uh, it's a very different atmosphere since those days. What do you make of the Trojans going forward? Yeah, well, I think there's two questions to that. It's going forward and then going into tonight's game, right? So let's start with the immediate. Uh, Jackson Dart, not going to go. He's the one that led them on the comeback, 45, I think, unanswered points, 48, something like that, last weekend. And Keaton Slovis, like, is he good enough? Like, is he healthy enough? He he left that game with an apparent neck injury. So I think that's something to track. Because if it's not him, it's uh, Miller Moss, a true freshman, it's, Mo Hassan, possibly an emergency duty, a, a transfer that's been around the program for a while. I think there's some elements to watch as this game goes on. Uh, but, I, but I expect SC to play really well on defense. Uh, I thought they were much improved coming into the season. Obviously, Stanford picked them apart. Oregon State is going to try to run the football a lot. That, that's just what they do. Chance Nolan's their quarterback. He can pass, but he's not Tanner McKee uh, in terms of the type of quarterback that he is. Uh, on that note, Oregon State's one of the best offensive lines that SC will have seen this year, and I know mm. they already played Stanford. They're really impressive when you study them watching the foot, running the football. So, so this is going to be a good game. You know, to me, again, for SC, it's unforced errors. Like, can they, you know, win some matchups? You know, how does Oregon State deal with Drake London? Because in SC's wins, Drake London is carrier, right? When they played Stanford, Caillou Blue Kelly in the Stanford defense really uh, minimize his impact on that ball game. So, so that's going to be the key player to watch in the game. Then I think big picture, I think there is something to what you said. You know, after the loss to Stanford, um, I just felt like the questions, I feel like the questions were always there really for the last two and a half years mm-hmm. around Clay Helton's job status. Is he going to be the guy? And it felt like nobody was accepting that he was the head coach. So now that he's gone, I think for Mike Bone and Brandon Sosna, the people in charge of football and the athletic department side, they do give this team 
an opportunity to, to not have to answer that question, right? And just to go compete for Dante Williams. They love him. They love playing for him. And I think they love playing for Clay. It's not like they had a bad culture there. But I do think this eliminates that as a distraction for them and kind of gives them a, a different type of chip on their shoulder for the team that was dramatically picked to win the Pac-12 South. So uh, I, I would probably take SC in this game at home. I hope their fans are awesome for the sake <laughs> of the players and everything they've gone through. They, you know, SC is the most super seniors at anybody in the Pac-12 regarding players who have an extra year of eligibility and came back for that year due to COVID-19. I hope, I hope the Collies rocking tonight at 730 when that kicks off. Uh, and, and I think that they, they can go out and get that win. And, and I look forward to it because I'm calling them next week against Colorado. So a happy SC team will probably be better for our, for our broadcast next week anyway. <laughs> Yogi, got about one minute left here. But, of course, the top story in the Pac-12 are the Oregon Ducks right now with that win over Ohio State. Look, every bit, at least early on, to be the college football playoff contender. And you never want to rule any team out in the Pac-12 that they can't give them a stumbling block here. They get Arizona tonight. It's not going to come this evening against the rebuilding Wildcats. But of all the teams you've seen in the Pac-12, who do you think's that biggest challenge for the Duck on the way, perhaps, to the college football playoff? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I, I guess I would say on their schedule, Washington right now, just because of where the game is, what I still think UW can become. But I think you're right, and I don't think they're getting enough love right now nationally. Right. Turn on college game day, turn on these preview shows, and they're the number three team in America. They're not number 10 and undefeated in the Pac-12. They have the most impressive win in the country. It's mm-hmm. better than Alabama against Georgia. It, and it might be the best win of the entire season prior to a championship game. So I, I think that you know people like you and, and myself who have platforms, we have to continue to talk about this team because that's what would happen in other regions. And I think they get slighted. And I think it's inappropriate. I don't think it's accurate to not give them the love that they've earned. Absolutely. Right there with you. Yogi, really enjoyed the conversation again. Have a great call tonight. UCLA against Stanford. We'll catch up with you in soon. Anytime. All right. Great talking to Yogi. We got some 1230 kickoffs getting ready. Two kicks. We're going to break down those games, West when you come back with us right here. Betting Across America on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.